Payne West Insurance is here for you because we know when you call, it's important. When a storm blows through, it's not just your house, it's your home. We know that your small business isn't actually small, it's everything. Understanding our clients' and communities' needs is the beginning of providing better insurance. We know these things because we live them every day. We got you because we get you. Payne West. Hello and welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Pennington. You have probably been seeing a lot in the news recently about cybersecurity. According to Gallup, 82% of Americans view it as a critical threat to national security. And you may be wondering what you can do to protect yourself or your business. My guest today is Dina Johnson, sales executive with Payne West, and one of the foremost experts in our community on this topic. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dina. Thank you, Mariah. It's great to be here. Awesome. So the examples of cybercrime we see on the news are all obviously things that happen on a very large scale, like the Colonial Pipeline ransomware incident. But I have to imagine that there are smaller examples that you see right here in Billings. So how likely is a small business to be a victim of a cybercrime? And can you give us like one or two examples of a cyber attack that you've seen in Billings or in the surrounding area? Yeah. So regrettably, very, it's very likely. We hear a lot in the news about these larger scale stories and there is a lot of fear around it. And then also kind of the unknown. And my job gets to be at the at the very front of the table working with a client if they do have an exposure. Mm-hmm. Recently, a contractor had their systems hacked and it was an online system that they were using to work with their client with blueprints. And so they managed to change the blueprints just slightly. Oh my gosh. And yes, that is an oh my gosh, right? <laughs> what does that mean? And so the implications of that are, I mean, you, you can't even quantify that in conversation. Yeah. But essentially, the bad actors are, are their goal is to get ransom and to not tell uh, or share what's been changed until they get paid. Okay. So that can happen. the The scale of that depends on the different size of the of the project. But recently, obviously, everybody's seen yeah. what's happened in Florida and what can happen the impact mm-hmm. of engineering challenges within a yeah. within a construction project. So, uh, a different type of an example would be a phishing scam where an employee maybe clicked on a link. We've seen that. And a bad actor has been able to get into a system and really understand how communication channels happen. So how does the CFO communicate with maybe the COO and back and forth and vice versa? And so they learn those kind of conversational behavioral patterns within an email to mimic it. Uh, I had one that happened where an email came through asking the the accounting manager to send a wire to pay an invoice before oh, you know it, the money's out the yep. door. So those things, mm-hmm. those things can happen. That happened at the chamber just a couple of weeks ago. We had, we had an email come in and it was a company that we've worked with in the past and they were using language that was familiar, like, Hey, we need some information about this RFP or whatever. And I remember reading it going, wait, we haven't done anything with that company recently. And so I just deleted it. But if you're not, like if you're someone in the organization who maybe doesn't know that we're not right now working with that organization, you might click on it because you're not, you don't know. So 
it's real. It happens Very all the real. time. You bring up such a great point about um, knowledge and mm. communication being key within a company and a firm, no matter the size, having good communication plans in place, mm-hmm. to make sure that you are not the only person that's making a decision to act on something like that, yeah. that you have a second line of defense of if I get an email request that's financial related, you're, you're going to make a phone call yep. that individual versus yep. just acting yep. on the email. Well, and so. we have a great IT company that has done lots of great things to prevent that stuff from happening, but they can't prevent it all. That's so true. Our community is blessed to have a number of great IT companies. Um, Entree Technology is, mm-hmm. a, is a wonderful one. If you don't have an IT firm, that would be your, your next call after listening to this <laughs> podcast. But you're right. The The first line of defense is humans. Your IT firm can set up all of the things mm-hmm. in place. And yeah. at the end of the day, 99% of breaches are because of human error. Wow. And that, that statistic is going to change the day I walk yep. or the second I walk out this mm-hmm. door. Yeah. But if that's the case, then humans really are our first line of defense. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the word phishing. Can you maybe talk about what exactly that means and i know that there are some other you we've talked before this podcast there's some other versions of phishing can you maybe just educate our listeners on what those are yeah Yeah. so not to sound like a dr seuss book but (laughs) we've got phishing vishing and smishing oh my it does sound like a dr seuss book right it does a little bit so kind of make a dry topic a little bit um, more interesting but phishing i think is the one that's most common um many businesses are doing a great job about education around looking for those email links, mm-hmm. hovering over the return email address to see, yeah. is it in fact who it's saying? Because mm-hmm. maybe they've changed the name, but typically you can see that return address. So those emails come in and what they're really looking for is to try to entice somebody to click on it. It only takes one click. Yeah. So it might be an email that says something along the lines of, you need to update your password. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's come from the IT department, but they've just recently sent out emails to every single person on the team. There's 10 people on the team. The likelihood that one in 10 might click on it is pretty high, right? And it also might be that they're not intending to click on it, but they're just busy. They're in a hurry. They're Mm -hmm. overwhelmed with their day. They just want to get off their desk. So that's phishing. Those are emails. Bad actors are just sending them out all the time to see what kind of payday they can get. Next is vishing, and that's really more of a phone call. So somebody's okay. calling. You most of us have in place on our phones. I think you got a spam call right when we were kind yep, of setting sure up did. a filter to kind of filter that out yeah. and let you know that it's spam. It's a little more challenging when you use a, a mobile device for work and clients because you don't always have those right. contacts in your phone yeah. to catch that risk. But those are calls, and those are trying. In some cases, they're trying to get your voice. They're trying to get a piece of key piece of information. They're mm-hmm. calling to tell you maybe that you've got a warranty up. I recently with our camper, we had a recall, which was very serious recall. And essentially there was something wrong with the propane and it could cause fires. Oh, okay. And so we get this letter. And the first thing my husband does is text me a picture and says, is this, spa- is, uh-huh. this spa- is this real? Is yeah. this for real? Yeah. Right. Because that's our new filter. The way we're thinking it's, it's less about take it seriously for the first thought is, is, is this yeah. Is this yeah. fake, right? And so those are those phone calls where they, they, they call you and say, we've got a recall or we've got something mm-hmm. going on. And then next is vishing. So you've got vishing, sm- uh, vishing, smishing, and vishing. Can't even say it. 
we've got the text messages. And so those come through all the time and maybe have a filter. Our filters used to be better. Right. They're trying yep. to get you to click on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So essentially it comes down to human error. Do you, do you mm-hmm. click on it? Yeah. Do you delete it? Do you accidentally click on it when you're trying to mm-hmm. delete it? All of these things. Yeah. So. And Dina doesn't just talk the talk. She walks the walk. She has two phones with us today because she uses one for work and one for her personal life. So none of that stuff gets mixed up. So that is true. <laughs> Guilty. It's actually, I have three. I've also got oh. my Apple iPhone. All three have different numbers. Oh, that's different funny. Connects. It's uh, I manage, I manage risk for a living yeah. and help my clients with that. And so Pain West takes that seriously. We do have a separate yeah. uh, phone for, for work. I'll, and I'll be sure to tell John that he needs to buy <laughs> me a separate phone. All of us. Absolutely. No, <laughs> you know, at first I thought, oh my gosh, that's a bit much. And now it, it's, it's yeah. great. It's mm-hmm. also good for balance, yeah. I feel like. So yeah, true. Good. So I think a lot of people look at the topic of cybersecurity and think I'm not operating an electrical grid. Anytime my credit card number gets stolen, the bank catches it. They don't charge me. They let me know. They take care of it. Maybe they even have all of their data backed up. You mentioned that in the beginning. What are the stakes that normal people are facing? What does the average person's or business stand to lose in a cyber attack? So what does the average person or business have to lose? I think I'll separate those a little bit just because in terms of the business and the individual, we all kind of think about things a little bit differently. Yes, so true. let's talk about the individual first. So individually, I think that a lot of us are pretty aware of our credit monitoring mm-hmm. or we potentially have identity theft insurance and we pay attention to things like that. What can happen and when your information is stolen, potentially from a breach of maybe your employer or some, some other incident like a large uh, retailer, like yeah. you hear about that in the news where your information is compromised, it can take several months before you personally might be impacted. So the timeline in between that is important because there's risk there because in the beginning, it's top of mind. You're paying attention. You're mm-hmm. looking at your credit. You're like, I have credit monitoring. My information was breached. I'm going to stay on top of this. Well, the bad actors know that. So they wait. They, they, oh, okay. they lay in waiting and they're in six months to a year, maybe before they're going to act on it when maybe you're not paying attention. Oh, I so there's see. a vulnerability there. Uh-huh. I can give you a personal example. Um, my husband's information was compromised. Um, thankfully, he does have the credit monitoring in place, but he wasn't paying attention like we yeah. all sometimes do. And someone took a loan out in his name. And so awesome. they got the money. <laughs> Good for them. Congratulations. And all of a sudden he got a statement sent to us. They must have sent it from the updated uh, address oh, wow. on our credit profile when we bought a new home. And we, he got it. And when he called, they wouldn't even talk to him because he couldn't provide the right information. Oh, it was on goodness. file with the loan, the verifying information. So the zip code and things like that. He, of course, knew his social security number, yeah, yeah. but not that. And so you just wow. don't think about that. Your information mm-hmm. could be stolen. There's other ways besides financial. It could be medical. Um, there's medical insurance mm-hmm. fraud and also criminal. Um, yeah. Sometimes uh, you there's been arrests where people have been arrested and used other identities as their mm-hmm. actual... Yeah. Information. And so now here you are. I live in Montana and I was arrested in California for drug possession. And now a background check with my new employer says that I have a criminal record. Great. You're going to need to tell me later so we can put it in the show notes too, (laughs) how I get those things, those protective, like, I don't even know if I have those things, the things you said your husband had 
What were they the, again? Oh, yes. So identity theft protection, yeah. you can have that through all of the credit bureaus and you can actually oh lock word. your credit bureau and put a, a freeze on there so that you are, oh, okay. are notified by phone if, if somebody does try to use your information from a credit standpoint. Any kind of background check or criminal yeah. updates, things like that. And then you like something about insurance or... Yeah, identity theft insurance. So I'm yeah. not in personal lines. I work with commercial companies, right. typically yeah. larger commercial companies. But you, you should talk with your insurance advisor. There are different programs out there. And you can actually go direct through the different credit bureaus as well oh, okay. to purchase that. It's very inexpensive. It will save you a lot of money and oh a gosh, lot of time. I need, I, I need to get my ducks in a row. You know, it, it's amazing because... You're scaring me. <laughs> you know, my, if I have encouraged you to take action to protect yourself, I my time ha was, yeah, has been so well spent. so true. So, okay, so what about businesses? Yes, okay. So businesses is my, my passion. I work mostly with companies. Strategic and business risk are the number one ways that a company will typically fail. Most of us think about hazard risk, which is more your property, fire, things like right. that. Yeah. And business risk, operational risk from a, the standpoint of, of a cyber attack and what can that happen from your operations. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ways that you can be impacted, but I'll give a couple examples. Yeah. So if 99% of attacks can be prevented by human uh, caused by human error, they can also be prevented by a simple tool called multi-factor authentication. And that helps us as humans when we're in a hurry or to mm -hmm. slow down and pause to have a little bit of help in that decision making. Okay. So multi-factor authentication is something that we've typically all seen. If you try to log into your online bank account, oh, sometimes yes. you'll get a text message on your phone with yep. a code and Tell you have us. to enter the yep. code. That's what it is. It's multi-factor authentication. For as little as $3 per user per month, you can add that to your company to protect your employees and you from maybe potentially clicking. And so yeah. that's very simple. I don't sell that. We don't use that. All of our carriers that we work with right now in the market are, are trending towards requirements before you can even purchase a cyber policy mm -hmm. yeah. to at minimum have multi-factor authentication. Yeah. Think of it like your fire extinguisher in a building to prevent a fire. That's the baseline minimum um, that you'd want to have. Right, right. So what, maybe a business hasn't had this happen to them. They're a small business and they think, but what, I mean, what's it really going to do to my business? What are, what are the potentials of what could happen to a business? What they're going to have to deal with if, you know. What is the worst case? Well, yeah, I mean, just some things that, if you look at it from a cost analysis, like how much is it going to cost them? I can tell you the average is $184,000 is the <laughs> average cost of a breach right Yikes. now. Okay. And that ranges in scale and size for companies. And yeah. when I say cost, it's the total cost. So it's the downtime. Was I were was I unable to operate for three weeks? Oh, okay. Could I not interact with yeah. my supply chain? Mm -hmm. Was I a threat to my supplier or my customer? And so they're not going to do business mm -hmm. with me right now yeah. until I can rectify the situation. There's a total cost there. There's legal costs, legal yeah. implications, um, state and regulatory requirements from a credit reporting standpoint of helping your whoever's yeah. impacted. So there, there's a lot of things. But if you set all that aside, because that was a lot, yeah. um, and say, okay, so tomorrow I go into my business and I learn that I've been impacted by a cyber breach of some kind, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. There's a lot of different ways. Who is my first call? Yeah. Who am I going to call and what am I going to do? 
And so if you don't know, that's already going to be a cost to you because yeah. instead of yeah. spending your day working with your suppliers, mm -hmm. selling to your customers and generating revenue, doing all the things in your business, you now have to shift everything and mm -hmm. think about now, what do I do? Yes, I have to deal with this. I have to yep. deal with this. So that would be the first impact is now I have to deal with this and who who's going to help me. And so that there's a cost to that of not knowing. Next, I would say, depending on what happens, I, I can give you an example of a of a threat where information was compromised and literally everything had to go down, everything from email to um, mm -hmm. being able to um, work within systems, no invoicing, no collecting revenue, nothing. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. imagine just having to stop business. And yeah. so I think all of us can know exactly how that feels given the last year and the right. shutdowns with COVID. And so um, I would say going into a cyber incident, it would be very similar if you don't have a continuity plan to having walked into COVID, not knowing right. what do I do now? Yeah. We all know now what we right. would do and the plans are in place. But a lot of business owners and small business owners are really dear to my heart in terms mm -hmm. of working with them yeah, because they don't have the big budgets like our large companies do. They don't have the large IT firms or, or even maybe the time and energy to put into putting together a full scale mm -hmm. plan. And so regrettably they become vulnerable to attack because maybe they have suppliers who are larger in scale. So maybe I'm not going to go after target, but I'm going to go after yep. the HVAC mm -hmm. company yep. that has access to mm -hmm. target. And guess what? That happened. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. The, the last question I have is, you know, what can businesses do to protect themselves from cybercrime? And you touched on many of those in the last things that we've talked about. But is there anything that you didn't mention that we absolutely should so that our businesses know what, what can they do? And specifically, what could Payne West do to be helping them? Yeah. So lot, a few questions in there. I would say... First and foremost, if you don't think you're at risk, ask some questions of mm -hmm. either your IT firm, if you have a great firm like Entree, or um, your insurance advisor, whoever that yeah. is in the industry, ask some good questions to learn. Because it's not a one-size-fits-all in terms of how vulnerable you are. Yeah, that makes and sense. And doing an assessment on your business and figuring out what your risks are mm -hmm. is important. Yeah. Next would be implement the multi-factor authentication if you have any type of third-party access or bring your own device access into your systems through LastPass is a great example. It's very easy to set up. But if that's talking way above where your interests are, your time, a, a firm like Entree could help you. Yeah. Okay. As far as how Campaign West help, we have a cyber for all initiative. Cyber attacks are not good for our community. They're not good for our no. economy. They're not good for anyone. Mm -hmm. And so education is really important. You can call up any one of our colleagues. And if, if you know somebody, typically yeah. you do at the firm, call me. Happy to visit with your company and do an assessment. We don't, we're not going to charge for that. We want okay. to help prote oh, that's protect nice. companies. Okay. And really, it's just looking at where are we vulnerable. Insurance is the last line of defense. I consider yeah. myself a second yeah. line of defense. Yeah. Let's put together a risk plan and mm -hmm. and identify, prioritize, and quantify those risks that you have. Yeah. And then put in place some mitigants to how can we prevent and protect ourselves. And then worst case scenario, we have a breach. My job is to make sure that you have the protections in place so that you aren't one of, of the businesses that go out. And 60% of small businesses... After a breach, 
of cyber attack that don't have coverage protection and plate and plans in place, they're out of business in six months. That's that's awesome. a real that's a real number. So. Yeah, I'm scared again. No, this is this is great. I'm making it sound worse than it is, but there at least there's no, there's options, not. and we'll put all of this in the show notes so that you can find all of the things that Dina is referencing. Make it easy for you, or you can always call the chamber, and we can direct you to who you need to talk to if you want to get this stuff implemented for your business. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should ask you, or that you wanted to say and I you didn't get to say? I likely did not give you everything you need because we couldn't possibly in a short amount of time. So please reach out, educate yourself. Humans are the first line of defense. Yeah. Let's make Billings a strong community that that cyber criminals are afraid of, yeah. frankly. Yeah. So at the end of every episode, we do what we call the Rorschach question. So I'm going to ask you a question that I have not told you what I'm asking you. And you just give me your first response to the question. So the first question is, what would the perfect day in Billings look like for you? The perfect day. Yeah. So I, I love, love, love our downtown. I can tell you, I also just love to get out and people watch. So if I could start my day at Bernie's at the Northern Hotel, have coffee, sit by the window, kind of watch people walking by doing commerce I know it sounds it sounds a little bit cliche, but I've worked in business consulting for so many years and helping watch these businesses start up and thrive. The project at the Northern Hotel has had an $84 million economic impact wow. trickle effect of our community. And so if you walk down Broadway and look at all of the businesses that have opened up after this Catalyst mm -hmm. Project of the Northern yeah. and how they're thriving... It's amazing to see. I mean, you think about Bella and Blanc and the Bridal Boutique or Aspenwall or Stacked or, yeah, yeah. or all of these just great businesses. And so I grew up in small town of Red Lodge, the quintessential town that has a main street. And mm -hmm. so I love a main street yeah. and I love to walk in and visit the shops. And so I, I kind of like to sit there and think about what's the next catalyst project in our community, like the Northern, mm -hmm. um, that's going to yeah. contribute to other small businesses being able to thrive. And, and people love to go and walk and shop. And So the rest of your day would be spent walking, walking and shopping. shopping <laughs> and eating. I, I'm a foodie. I love yeah. to go to Stacks and that's awesome. Sassy Biscuit and ice cream and, and oh, all of cool. it. So that's yeah, cool. sounds a little cliche, but no, it, uh, to me, that's a great day. Yeah. What is the one thing you do every day for yourself for mental health? Such a great question and so important. I think that for me, it's I turn off my devices or leave them behind and I like to go for a walk. Love walking and it just kind of is invigorating. I also recommend a walking meeting over a Zoom oh, if you're, yeah. you're talking to someone who's not around and you can't meet with them. It's mm -hmm. just kind of the energy that comes from walking. So Yeah, you said you guys do that a lot at Pain West. Yeah, yeah. Lo love to walk, walk and talk. So, Okay, last question. What is your favorite sport? My favorite sport. So I'm a... You could do favorite sport to play and then favorite sport to watch. If oh, you I could do both. Okay. So... That's hard. So I love to ski in the winter and I love to golf in the summer. Okay. So those are my sports that I like to do myself. Watching 
I actually do enjoy watching golf, believe it or not. I'm a <laughs> little bit weird. That's what we put on our TV when we want to take a nap on Sunday I afternoon. I actually <laughs> really enjoy it. I kind of like to watch the techniques and the body, oh, yeah, you know, okay. how the movements and I, so I enjoy that. I'm a multitasker, so I won't just sit and watch. I just, I like to have it on. And I love the Super Bowl. I love, yeah. I love, love, love it. I love everything about it. The fun food and the teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. a huge Vikings fan. So for those of you out there oh, that dang. love the Vikings, we could be <laughs> friends. My daughter is a cheese head. How I have raised a cheese head, I don't know. But um, yeah, she came home from kindergarten one day and said, Mommy, I'm a Packers fan. And I'm like, okay, well, thank you. To you can't live here anymore. Kindergarten teacher. Um, <laughs> this is a Vikings house. And she's like, mommy, you said that I can choose what I like. Okay. Yes, I did. That's so, awesome. But yeah, I cool. digress. Clearly. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Dina, and giving us all this really important information that our businesses really need to hear. It's going to be valuable, I think. So yeah, my, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, you bet. A big thank you to Dina Johnson for talking with us today. And as always, thank you to my producer, Jack Genoway, and especially to all of our listeners. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode for important information and resources on how to protect your business. Tune in two weeks from now on October 23rd, when we'll be talking with some folks with the agriculture industry. And last but not least, tell your friends about our podcast, share it on your social media feeds, and make sure you subscribe to Chambercast because there's something here for everyone.